That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. I'm Stephen Colbert. And I'm Tim Rigby. And this is Batman v Superman by the Minute, a podcast re-watching Batman v Superman by the Minute a single minute at a time. By the minute, a single minute at a time? By the minute, usually with just the two of us. However, we have been treated to several discussions. So patient, uh, Tim, waiting days <laughs> to just continue talking about it and and then never failing to forget where he left off. Oh, yeah. Very talented. Minute 78, talking with stunt coordinator Tim Rigby, instrumental in this sequence, and we are taking a step up, one step at a time, to the ridiculousness of what a Batmobile chase can be. I've loved breaking... The best part about breaking this down with Tim is, is sort of... Th- defining the crescendo of just what this Batmobile is doing. I mean, the the chase itself is just insane, but also when you realize kind of the stuff they're throwing at the Batmobile or throwing the Batmobile at, mm-hmm. it is very much a showcase of just what this Batmobile can do. And I'm sure partly because they are proud of building it, but also because it's the Batmobile and they've got to... <laughs> prove it right like yeah. is it really a batmobile if it doesn't smash through a brick wall <laughs> i don't know yeah and then uh you know also getting into what this chase is saying outside of just these minutes well, yeah well it all tells a story and yeah and snyder's stunt people know how to use the uh you know especially stunt coordinators know how to tell his story with the action um and we we get into a lot of that here too yeah, the overwhelming message of, of this minute of the movie is nothing is going to stop Batman, and if you think you've stopped him, you're probably moments away from being just drilled in the head by him uh, from an unseen angle. Yeah. With that set up, we hope you enjoy the the last of our illuminating and, and really fun conversation with Tim Rigby, and uh, we will see you on the other side. Actually, that's, that's how I, I got hooked up with you was from Freddie. I always I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Freddie B. Freddie um, B. We call him, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So I'm not the only one. Uh, he said, yeah, Tim designed that scene. He'd be great to talk to. But um, one of the I, – I, I first started talking to him because that he put out a video from Justice League stunt planning that was a – uh, using some a, a Batmobile toy and uh, and another some other toys doing like a stop motion choreography. So so I've gotten a glimpse at, at some of that, but the actual um, yeah being on the on the hands and knees part would be another another great step in, in kind of seeing that get visualized. <laughs> and actually, you made me think of something else there, which is another reason DJ is so instrumental in these things. Is sometimes you'll get on other movies, not not. Not any of the Zach movies, but I've been on movies where the, they've already come up with the previous for a car chase, and you, they just want you to do do what they've come up with. Right. And some of the things a car won't do what's on that previous. You can't, mm. you know, it's not it's not possible, and it doesn't it it. So you, that's why it's um, when when Damon and Zach film their their stunt visits or their previs their previs for the for that action. It's it's all based on what can happen and what 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 can actually be done. And so you're not trying to shoehorn something into because you, know, you can waste a lot of time trying to get something that 
somebody fell in love with on a previous that you can't do. Like, is there, was there a case of what was planned pushed the car when you went out to the, to the testing ground, the, the car was not performing the way that you wanted it to. Was that a case of like something was literally wrong with the car or was it a case of we could, we could get this car to do more? I mean, what I want to say is anything, there was anything wrong with it in the beginning, but because it was this one-off vehicle, I mean, it had these giant wheels and giant tires. So one of the issues that we just didn't, I mean, it looked great, but there was this rolling mass of inertia with sure. these huge agricultural tires and, and, and wheels that looked great, but they had a, an enormous amount of rolling inertia. So one of the things, for example, was we had to shave several pounds of rubber off the tires just to, to lighten them up and still keep, you know, I mean, we, I think we were able to take, I don't, I don't want to misspeak, but it was maybe 30, 40 pounds off each tire with the, uh, just by shaving the rubber off. And that fact that there's 30 to 40 pounds per tire (laughs) and it's, and there's still tires. (laughs) They're tractor tires. They're literally agricultural tractor tires. Wow. Um, and you know that then playing with the tire pressures and and the you know the the suspension and it all has to work you know bit by bit you'd make a bit of progress and then you you know till till we got it got it dialed in it was but the the car on day one wasn't bad but it wasn't uh it had some it would shudder when you drifted it it would it would chatter and 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 it sounded horrible it sounded like it was going to you know going to come apart now, does the car sound? I know there's a lot of post production that goes into some of this, but the, the actual sound of the engine and the sound that, of the wheels on the ground is that um, authentic to to life from from the movie, or, or does the? Um... It sounded, you know, I don't 100 percent know, but the, the the car inside was deafening, and it was the whine of the transfer case. Uh, and without getting too technical, it, the the transfer case was the same that they would use on a monster truck. And the, the rear axle was was custom built, this giant fat piece of uh, steel. And but the transfer case was what would make that wine. And it was it was like I mean I had to wear earplugs, well, I had to wear comms under the helmet and it was very loud in there. Very loud. So I know you so you've referenced um visibility was low and then obviously you couldn't hear much. So outside of like the, you know, it's not practical to, you know, drive to the grocery store with a, with some additional work. How how reasonable that would this be as an actual vehicle? Is there no chance that this would be practical for anyone to drive? Stephen, do you want to buy? Do you want to buy a Batmobile? Is that what you're getting? <laughs> well, I don't have the money right now, but I'm wondering, <laughs> is this no. something that would be would be like a don't even consider it, or or is there is there some sort of a you know, maybe if you could improve the visibility and, and fix the noise a little bit, there's some, you know, a little bit of a practical vehicle in there. Or is it strictly like, you know, it looked cool, but that's about as much purposeful. Yeah, right? you need to be Batman to drive this thing. <laughs> there's nothing practical about it at all. I mean, it was, and I don't think it would, I don't think it could ever be street legal. It was so wide. Mm-hmm. So, so it wouldn't be valuable for like, racing or for even like a monster truck rally or anything like could it do anything that would make it like have value in any aspect outside of it looks good on camera well i I mean if if there was i mean essentially when you when you boil it all down the way it was constructed it was it was like a um squashed down desert racing truck 
like a flattened dune buggy type construction. Okay. So, you know, if you had a, a dirt oval, um, it would do probably do quite well on that. But um, the, the tires were performed well, but they were for a look. They were these, you know, you'd have to change the tires on it to, to make, to have a, a flatter, more contact on the ground. These, these, the, the contact patch, because they were sort of rounded with tread, but the actual, amount of contact on the ground of rubber to the ground wasn't a great deal because of the wide tread and because of the the tire having a round profile as opposed to a um a flat a tire that if you look at it from the front or back would be sort of square in shape whereas this is uh circular or or a hemisphere hemisphere a half circle yeah now i'm just hoping There'll be a documentary 10 years from now of how the, the, the hero cars in a museum while the smash mobile is like the champion destruction derby <laughs> car, you know, for the entire, for all of North America. That car drove well, actually, because the, the wheels, the roll cage tubing that was used to, for DJ to show where the wheels were, these sort of arches, they were out and forward and behind of where the actual wheels were because this, it was, built on I think a Dodge Dually that had a shorter wheelbase than the actual Batmobile so that Dodge Dually once it had we sort of had the mechanics go through it that performed really well okay so some potential for you there Stephen <laughs> awesome man I think we, we covered a lot of aspects the one thing that I um, I talk about almost every episode that's fascinating is by the nature of, of addressing the movie kind of in one minute chunks it's incredibly common I think this 76 minutes in is when this race starts. And I'd say probably for at least, I don't know, would it be too much to say 60 of those minutes dice? No. Are punctuated or like bookended almost as individual scenes. When you I describe the podcast to people, they <laughs> everyone kind of assumes that it's a little bit awkward because, oh, we're going to be cutting off in the middle of dialogue. We're going to be cutting off. It's arbitrary. Yeah. Like, for example, at the end of the scene, the Batmobile hits Superman and then there's the explosion and Superman's cape flapping, and then it cuts to Batman. And before their discussion starts, there, that's the end of the minute. You know that that would I would imagine would come to fruition in the editing phase. It, but if that was in his head, he's a genius. So I mean, you know, there's times when I've worked on all of these movies I've worked on with with Zach. When I see the movie at the end. And it could be a scene that I was intimately involved with, and I go, "Oh, oh, that's a take. <laughs> that's a that's an angle I hadn't considered." So, if 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 that was the case, and it may well have been, it, it, it like a lot of things, it could have gone over my head. <laughs> well, it went over ours until we we started a podcast. So yeah, exactly, and we just happened to choose the format that seems to fit the movie perfectly. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I I don't have any questions. Unfor like unfortunately, I would would want to talk your ear off for another hour or two. I know Stephen would. We plan on getting to Man of Steel by the minute, and we have the Martha rescue coming up. Coming up in seven. Oh, in episodes. like a year. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> a year, fourteen months. Well, you but, have to um, get Damon. Uh, you know, he's he he would be he, he sends his best by the way, but um, he would be a 
goldmine of information. You'd probably do a five-hour podcast with him. Yeah, I was lucky enough to... He sent me the stunt viz, and it was nice enough to sit down and talk to me about it for like an hour or so. And um, Oh. Uh, but it wasn't. It was before the podcast, so I didn't have a way to, to capture it. And so I, I told him. I told him a while back. I said, "I don't. We're not. It's going to be a long time before we get a place." But I'm. I'm. Um, when we get there, I'm going to ask you if you will, if you'll do another interview on this because uh, it was just insane the amount of planning that that went into that. We've got the the, the best Batman one shot, the the best <laughs> Batman cheat sequence, and then we're building towards the best Batman fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, period in the third act. So if not for the Martha rescue, I mean, was there, are there any other moments that we should, we should look out for in the, in the rest of the movie that that you had involvement in that we, you know, should keep our eye out for? Well, everything that was all of, I was, I I was the assistant stunt coordinator on BBS. So, Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? There was, so there was a, we did some underwater stuff. um, Oh, okay. Where, where um, Amy is in the, uh, right. Is, in a uh, flooding cellar, I think. Yep, I'm I'm dreading that that minute because that <laughs> is a personal fear. But yeah, yeah. I vividly well, know in, the one. In, you're in our case, to. we're going to spend a whole minute underwater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, when it comes to things like the, you know, I'm I'm generally Damon's assistant for all all the aspects of this of the of his job, and I he ha- and he has a fight team for the fight stuff. When it comes to things around the water and cars, I, I step up a little bit more. And that's generally the way it's gone. Uh, well, thank you again for for taking the time to talk about this with us. I will say that an unexpected delight, uh, we interviewed Richard and he was talking about how uh, I think we asked him not to retire anytime soon, even though he was he was being a little self-deprecating about his his body taking a toll over the years. And in in having you on, I wanted to search to try to find where in 300 you appeared and instead i found like the equivalent of probably a high school yearbook photo of you and richard as spartan soldiers uh that looks like just two kids so i got to i i was grinning ear to ear at coming off that conversation with richard so that looked like you guys had a ton of fun yeah 300 was was an amazing experience that was when i really first sort of I had no expectations of that movie. We filmed it in a in Montreal in a in a warehouse. It, it, you know, I, I was very inexperienced about blue screen, green screen at the time, and I just remember thinking, "What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> this, is this gonna? Is this gonna?" I, I had no idea it was gonna be so iconic. No idea. And you talked about that as a kind of I, I don't. You maybe said meeting of the minds or something when you were talking about it earlier. And it is kind of crazy. I'd love to see like a career map of people in the stunt industry. And 300 feels like one of those movies where there's like, I think you were involved in the Matrix also, or a few of the Matrix movies. And so I know that that might be another one that's similar to 300 um, with a lot of the same people too. But 300 is one of those ones where you look at, at people where if you start to meet people in the stunt industry, you notice like, oh, wow, there were a lot of names involved in that movie on different levels too not just like performers and and coordinators and so it's it's been really fascinating then to kind of see who who spun out and then people that are you know that's you know you got people like the john wick movies are kind of like a spiritual i think a lot of the uh, share some of that crew for example and then you know zach has a lot of those people in matrix and it's like everything that comes out of the people that worked on that yeah. either together or independently since then has been fascinating and i feel like it's really upped the game of the whole industry too in a way 
kind of raise the bar for what to expect from stunts? Yeah, I think that there are, once in a while there's these, you know, every sort of 10 years, there's a couple of really pivotal movies that sort of change. You know, 300 was like that. Uh, you saw fight scenes, you know, a lot of those fight scenes were, were emulated after that, even on, you oh, know, yeah. TV and, and, you know, smaller budget stuff. But it's kind of a, yeah, that was, I, I do think that was kind of groundbreaking. Well, what, what are we thinking? It's even probably like 20, 24, 300 by the minute. <laughs> Yeah, we're well, we're doing most of Zach's movies. So we, eventually, we'll we'll probably get to three hundred by the minute, and so we'll be we'll, we'll maybe try to set something up for that. But the problem that. is, the problem is, you're going backwards, and so you're tax you're going to tax our memories more <laughs> and more because you're going the wrong direction in time. That we've really got to dig deep to remember what we did because we're getting all getting older. Yeah, let's go. Well, you know what? But with every passing year, it seems that that Zach and and his entire team's work gets appreciated more and more too. So we're we're benefiting from that. I mean. I always do like to make sure that if there's anything you know big that we didn't know to ask or or, or skipped over, I want to make sure there's no like big blind spots on the scene from you know that we might have overlooked that you yeah. want to make sure we catch. I don't think so. You guys, know, <laughs> you guys know better than most of us that worked on it. I think. <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna yeah. That's our, a pull quote. Now we're gonna put that on our. Okay. Even yeah, handy, the guys that know the, the movie crew, better yeah. than the guys that worked on it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it's, it's great to talk to you about the, it's, I think the vehicle stuff is, is a, all this stuff gets love, but I, I think that's an angle of it that, that doesn't get nearly as much, um, kind of analysis. And so we're really happy to be able to kind of showcase that on our show. Well, it's been my pleasure. I know I'm excited to see Army of the Dead and. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate enough to work on that too. It wasn't a Zach movie, but years ago, Damon, Rich and myself and a, a few others that were on 300 all worked on a movie called ghost from ghost of Mars, ghost from Mars, ghost of Mars. It, yeah. It yeah. was a, um, John Carpenter, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm again, I was not joking earlier that, that your filmography <laughs> was the movies I was watching. Yeah. I think we, I had to bite my tongue to not ask rich about, um, playing the, the king of the ghost. Yes. Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. He did. brings me so much joy, Stephen, after a minute that was not punctuated by some standout moment that this minute <laughs> is punctuated by one of the most absurdly ridiculous and awesome. We get the dialogue, where is he? And then we find out where he is as the Batmobile erupts. <laughs> I think actually, if you go by the frames, the like front corner of the Batmobile bursting out of the of the window coming at the guys of these, the, the tractor tire. Yes, just <laughs> bursting through. That's I just watching that little fifty nine click over to zero was like, oh, Stephen's gonna love this. <laughs> oh, of course, and it's also amazing because it's it's the Batmobile, and so in fitting fashion, it's like a Arkham takedown out of <laughs> out of the brick wall, right? It's like press B to burst through wall and smash <laughs> dude's head. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, it's also setting the setting the example that Batman really loves uh, when bad guys don't know where he is, and then he bursts out of a wall behind them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it's the most Batman move ever. Like, is yeah. is yeah, the bursting through a wall to to surprise the bad guys. So, like I said, is it really the Batmobile if he doesn't uh, doesn't follow suit? Yeah. Fortunately, thanks to the hard work of Tim Rigby and Damon Caro and the entire rest of the stunt team uh, at work in the sequence, we don't have to wonder that. So, uh, once again, thank you to, to Tim Rigby for, for talking about this sequence with us and um, confessing the, the inner child 
uh, energy and imagination that went into making this paired with the amount of work I can't even wrap my head around, really. After seeing the stunt viz and previs and stuff that, that these teams put together, it was a little bit of a disappointment to to learn that, that there's not actual footage of them like playing with the toy cars yeah. on the floor and, and plotting these scenes out but hopefully hopefully we put enough of a seed in that uh for <laughs> maybe future movies we'll be able to get that because um I, I i very much need to see that <laughs> yep i do also want to give a call out in this minute um I, I had the connection watching it this time that batman finds himself in a turkey shoot traveling <laughs> under the bridge with people around him and then that shot is punctuated by that wicked uh like power slide where yeah. the Batmobile comes as close to a turkey gobble as I think a car <laughs> actually could. So wow, I'm going to yeah, assume that was, I'm going to assume, see what Zach was really trying to say there is that Batman is a turkey. I I think you went too far. Okay. Well, in that case, we'll end this minute. It's what, 70, 78 minutes before we jump the shark. Yeah. You know, they, they said that we, we couldn't come up with enough to talk about each minute. And I think... I think we finally, mm-hmm. Tim tapped the barrel and then you yep. took a step too far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ghost of Mars will do that to you. What can I say? Although we're, that, that's a temporary situation because next minute is uh, one of the biggest moments in, in movie history, really, if we're going to be frank. That's going to make you forget about the chase that you just sat through empowering Batman exactly as the filmmakers want you to. Yeah. So with that, until we meet again for minute 79, thank you for listening. Thank you again to Tim. If you were listening to the podcast and enjoy it, please subscribe. Let someone else know about this fun interview where my odd affection for movies of the early 2000s is kind of exposed more than I thought was going in there, depending on how I edit it. I don't know how you thought that that was a secret in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. We'll be back for minute 79. It'll just be like 10 minutes of Stephen and I just in odd silence. In hindsight, this was really great to get an additional voice on, and um, maybe we should have gotten someone for the next minute, but oh well. We'll figure it out. Where is he?